0: Hello out there. This is uh, Marcel Waltz, the director of the upcoming movie *Blood Feast*, and um, you're listening to Without Your Of Decapitation Without Your Head I'm Nasty Neal I'm joined by the bus driver On the party to the bus to hell Party bus to hell uh, Seeker of the Bill Murray Experience The goddess Ishtar herself, and, and maybe most importantly Third time guest here in Without Your Head Sadie Katz
1: Oh, what an
2: introduction Like I said, I, I'm expecting some kind of Badge of honor for
1: three times a time
0: Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm proud that you remembered me. Of course So uh, I watched The Build Mirror Experience uh, And it's out on DVD this April And uh, it's really interesting I really enjoyed it And while I was watching it um, One thing I was wondering How long did it take you to make it? Because it does cover It seems like it's over a long period of time
2: Yeah, well I started it So it was from beginning to end, it was like three years. And then, you know, it went into film festivals for another year, but it it took a long time mostly because like my life was happening in the middle of it. And it's funny, like when I started making it, it was like, I had this burning desire to do a documentary. I was in the middle of my breakup and I was obsessed with Bill Murray. And then I got wrong turn and like it's so strange because like I was really gun ho about the doc and was like ready to go to the golf tournament um in Florida and then I got wrong turn and you know, all of a sudden I came back and like you know, I went from having like like a couple of people on my Facebook to like, you know, having five thousand in like three days. Right, like just right. by announcing that I did wrong turn and then, you know, then I booked another film and another film and so it was sort of like, it, 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 in some ways, it, that kind of delayed it. And then, as you saw on the doc, um, you know, my friends weren't as excited about doing the project with me anymore,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, which so, you know, then it had to pivot a different way. And then, you know, money's always a factor. and I really didn't know what I was doing when I started off, so like... It, it it became this, this thing. And, and Bill Murray was really difficult to figure out where the hell he was. Uh-huh. He's a little bit more on people's radars now because he had, you know, he did the concerts and he's a little calmer than he was four years ago.
1: Where yeah. He was
2: just like popping up everywhere. And that was part of the, the problem is I just didn't have unlimited money to just run around just travel and everywhere. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. So at any point in time, because like you said, when you first start ma- started making it, it's in the documentary, like yeah, you just broke up. And so yeah. maybe you had like a lot of free time and stuff. Uh, but then you start uh, making movies, getting a lot of these uh, horror roles. At any point during that time, did you think, well, maybe I just won't make this documentary?
2: Well, no, because I was just really believed in it. I was hell bent on it. And I
0: mm-hmm. was. Which comes through.
2: You know, I. Yeah. Well, I got money for it so like a lot of it was was the fact that it just it became like this really fun challenge but it also became a thing where like because of because of spending money because of starting filming because so many people I, like so many people were really against the idea in the beginning and i was like well why i don't understand why this I had something a little bit to prove of like, well, no matter what, I'm going to keep pursuing this. And I think this sounds so crazy. And I I had a cut of this in in the doc and it just made me sound so off the wall that I was like, I already look like a fucking crazy person. (laughs) Uh (laughs) But I mean, some of it was like really feeling a little lost and lonely on -hmm. and off during the process of filming. And like, really having a desire to connect with Sol Murray and kind of like, you know, I, I grew up with like Cinderella and Disney, you know, I grew up in Anaheim. So I think it started to take on like this like mythic magical thing that I just like started to feel overwhelmed that I like if I didn't finish it like there was some reason that I kept needing to see Bill Murray and like in wanting that experience which is Mm. so crazy I know it's crazy as it comes (laughs) out of my mouth and like Uh like, that must be crazy
0: (laughs) but <laughs> that's part of the charm
1: of when you watch.
2: watching Well, yeah. that's what you hope. I mean, where when we talked with that editor, I went, "Oh boy!"
0: And I said, <laughs> "I go,
2: you know, I'm gonna be like on my gravestone. People are gonna be like, 'Here lies Sadie.' She liked to show her boobs a lot and Bill Murray. And I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, it's so much more than that. I mean, it, it, you know, it's sort of yeah. like when you're a hustler and you're in entertainment and someone says you can't do something like mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. that, because yeah. it
2: makes it a fever and then, then you're like, fuck, I've been, I've been chasing Bill Murray for two years. Well, what's another year? Like I got to keep going on a certain level and then I'll know when to ultimately stop. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. so you kind of mentioned this earlier about uh, like uh, how, how you cut the, the doc, the documentary when you, some people started to fall out of it and stuff. Uh, while you're making it, did you, like your vision of what the documentary would be, did that change like, uh, throughout all those years?
2: It did. You know, in the beginning, and you could tell when you watch the doc, I wanted it to be like jackass. And, you know, that's why the camera's all shaky and stuff. And, like, I I also thought it would be like a real, like, friendship and empowerment. So if I didn't get Bill Murray, I would still have my friends, which I thought would be, like, this great message. And I wanted it to be about their quest. So the beginning idea for me was everyone would have their own New Year's resolution because it happened around Christmas or around New Year's. And this was my resolution and they had theirs, which I have the footage for half of them. But, um, you know, like my one girlfriend, um, Jenny, the Wonder Woman chick was going to do stand-up. My other friend was moving out, Ashley. And then Jim was, was doing her, you know, erotica book. And I thought that, and Genevieve was filming, and I thought that would be so um, kind of cool and inspiring. And so mine was to be Bill Murray. But the problem was um, by them not seeing in the project, it's like you have to sit down. And for me, I was always, because I love, I have a passion for like storytelling. And
0: mm-hmm. I, I,
2: you know, I really do love, it was like the hero's journey was kind of my template, like every other film. And so I was always thinking like, As I was living my life, like, okay, if this doesn't happen, then I can go in this direction or that direction. So, I mean, documentaries are kind of like that. You're like, Oh, I was searching for this and Mm -hmm. now I'm over here. So yeah, that was the long answer. I'm sorry. No,
0: that's that's fine. That's good. It's so much better than yes or no.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was a really weird struggle for me. Um, Mm -hmm. and also heartbreaking. And I also didn't want to throw, my former friendships under the bus.
1: So
2: that was something I I was conscious of. I also didn't want them to like sue me or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's this, I don't know how exactly say this, but the documentary itself is almost like a documentary about the documentary. If that makes sense.
2: Right. Like in either like people like get that. I think a lot of people in the business get it. It's kind of meta. Um, We weren't, that was something that happened at the very end in editing where I said, um, I went to a couple of editors and then um, Lee, she is the one who, who filmed the stuff on the couch. And I was telling a lot of people about everything I'd gone through for this doc. And everyone's response would be like, well, did you say that in the doc? And I was like, that's a lot of time for me just to sit there. But the, the thing is when I sat down to tell that I felt I was really wrong. Like it was almost like I had to do it. So we just sat down and like for an hour and a half, I just sat through and said, well, this is what I was doing. This is, and um, I mean, I was still super wounded about, about things in a certain way and also still mystified by it. If that makes any sense. Like yeah. there was I, like, so when we, when we did it and then we went to cut it, it was like there was something kind of cool about the fact of it being so raw and new and um, you know so we we started to to shape it around that and you know if people like me i guess they like it if they don't they'll be like not into it <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I mean it's such a weird thing as a film festival which mm-hmm. it did really well, but I was just sitting there and I was like, Oh my God, I've done so much crazy shit on screen. <laughs> but this is like the most vulnerable thing
0: mm-hmm.
2: I could do. I mean, it was
1: kind
0: yeah. of in,
2: insane and, at that level.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you left all that in though, because like, I know you could cut it. Maybe like, Oh, maybe I look a little too out there. So I'll, I'll cut it like some of that down, but i uh, leaving that all in there really makes the documentary. Cause there's all different emotions there. Like, you know, sometimes you're very up and, upbeat and happy and yeah. silly and then there are those clearly like you are upset there at different times and uh so it all works well,
2: i i didn't really say this but like i'm bipolar and i'm not like someone who talks about that because i think people it, it gets such a bad rap it's like mm-hmm. you know if you say you're bipolar it's like oh how could we have her on set or how does she survive is she like and some of it really just has to do with like you know, if you watch the documentary and see it's, you know, sometimes you're just a little bit more up or a little down or things can get kind of away from you. Um, And at the time I was under so much stress. And so that was sort of what was going on without me even really knowing it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, to me, I was like, you know, fighting, fighting clouds really of going like, this is going to be so great. And why can't everyone be excited? And everyone's like, cause you're fucking insane over Bill Murray. (laughs) I'm like, but on another hand, then, you know, you tell people I'm doing this and they're like, that's so cool. Sadie keep going for it. Mm -hmm. And like, I would love that. And there's people who honestly would like start crying and say how much they love Bill Murray. So you're like, well, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to keep doing it. Like. There's that that's
0: kind of magical, <coughs> wonder. yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> there's a part in the documentary I like too, because obviously you're making this whole documentary about finding Bill Murray, and then like you actually go to a place where everyone—it's all art of Bill Murray—and you even say like some of the people have tattoos, and you're like, oh, uh, well maybe they like them a little bit more than me or something like that. And it, I find that didn't Just fun. throw it back down. Yeah,
1: <laughs> right. I mean that was like really
2: funny because a lot of doing the doc guys is also like, well, guys, I'm in the business. I'm, I'm doing a documentary about Bill Murray and like my ex who we were getting back together. He was like, you're way too obsessed with Bill Murray. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm doing a documentary where I'm supposed to be obsessed with Bill Murray. Like my life and my work life and my real life had blurred. And yeah, of course I'm laying up in the middle of the night thinking about, bill murray and how i could meet bill murray and like what i would say and part of that was like what happens when you fall in love with any project so it was like this crazy thing but then when i went to the art gallery <laughs> i'm like i'm like wow these people are so bill murray crazy.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm like i don't know about them but they were actually What's so funny i'm still friends with like all those people from the sit down interview kind of went on this journey of the film with me. Mm-hmm. And they like showed up at the premiere, you know, the guy who sings the motherfucking Bill Murray song, <laughs> him and his wife are fabulous. Um, a couple of like Jeremy long, he showed up at all the screenings and he's a stand-up comedian. And he's wonderful. I mean, so in some ways it like opens up like, these other people that like if you're a super bill murray fan you're fucking cool like that's mm-hmm. that's the rule the assholes don't love bill murray it's like <laughs> and, and most of the time it's people who are like in love with him being the party crasher and being the fun guy because mm-hmm. they're kind of like that and irreverent so you know and i got to know joel and i yeah. and pj was so sweet and yeah that was she's one been of my like,
0: highlights uh-huh
2: She's so rad. And I mean, mm-hmm. we could have just done an hour and a half of just PJ. And like, Joel is actually one of the funniest people and he's super dry humor. And mm-hmm. In some ways, you're like, why isn't Joel as popular as Bill Murray?
0: <laughs> I mean, he's.
2: Have you seen God Bless America?
0: No, I haven't. I have to see oh, that now.
2: You're welcome, sir. That's all <laughs> I have to say. It's crazy. <laughs> it's about this guy who teams up with this like teenage girl and mm-hmm. they go on. A, this is bad because it's about guns, but a shooting rampage of all American Idols, very, very violent, but it's a little bit about like American idol and those shows being such bullshit yeah. because of how they, and how bullying and people tease and you have to see it. It's very yeah.
0: good. Sounds very good. i like, Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't take this the wrong way. When I was watching your interview with Joel, it was a little cringy. Like, cause you asked like what it's like to be uh to be Bill Murray's brother. And I just like I hear that I'm like oh my god I can't imagine you know asking that, but it's totally okay. Awesome. I'll
2: tell you the truth. So uh-huh. so here's your insights. group. Joel and I, Joel I met a few times before we got in the interview and we had some beers together and um, had a fun time I and mean, he's a really decent human being. So when we did that interview, he was like, "I'm only doing the interview if you have beer with me." I'm not a big beer drinker, so. Mm-hmm. He, I was like, "How about I give you shit during this interview?" And Joel's very funny, so he was like, he was game for it. He wasn't offended. He he had fun with it. And there is something he's a little mischievous like that, like you know. um But he, he's super dry humor. So <laughs> at least I think, <laughs> at least I think he thought it was funny. I don't know. But we like, he looks we like he funny. did. He looks he like he did.
1: Hard.
0: Yeah,
2: he did. He did. Uh-huh. And like. We literally were pounding gears, which is, I mean, that was the one thing about this film. It was kind of fun because it, it wasn't, it, I ended up taking it like I do with everything really serious. But I, the intention when I started was for it to be this like free-willing, wonderful thing. But, you know, maybe that's different at Bill Murray. Bill Murray is a very comfortable person. Sadie Katz is not. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean that's the one thing of doing it you realize that the the art to his madness is that he's he's not he doesn't really give a fuck he's uh-huh. just enjoying himself. So mm. you know you try to duplicate that that's not an easy thing to duplicate.
0: Yeah, yeah. And PJ Souls actually for me personally uh the first time I ever uh, hosted a panel at a convention she was in it and she was very nice and made it very easy for me so I've always liked the uh, PJ Souls and uh, it was cool she's that so you asked. Kind. Yeah, she's just great. And um, I, I've heard people kind of hint around about it. But you just asked her out, right? Like, uh, I won't give away the, the movie, but you just asked, right, right? Did she get turned on during the uh, you know scene with the spatula? And just with Bill Murray. And that was, uh, you, uh, it was very interesting. You
2: could tell. Mm-hmm. You could, I mean, if you watch the scene, you, there's no denying that they're both just like, ay, 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 jonesing <laughs> on each other. I mean, we had to cut down. I had so many great stories of crazy things that happen um, with them on the set. Um, you know, was Bill whisking her away to this restaurant in the middle of nowhere. That's like a French restaurant and kind of, you know, she, she was sort of his wrangler because Bill could not be wrangled in and would like disappear from set. And mm-hmm. they would put PJ on the case, you know, mm-hmm. to, to say like, Hey, go get Bill and get him get him to come onto set which I think actors got away with that kind of behavior a little bit differently than it was kind of expected because Jim Belushi and, you know, so, yeah. A
0: different time, yeah. uh, Yeah. uh, And I saw that uh, on your IMDb that she's in a movie that you're producing, PJ.
2: Oh, you know what, 13 Girls? We we ended up losing the funding, and I saw it so many emails about that. It's such a, well, you know what, it's such a great... Script it's, it's about 13 Catholic schoolgirls who um, commit suicide, and the female investigator who kind of is is trying to track down. And she's just coming back after killing her partner on the force. And it's, I mean, it's really a, a great script. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see. Lots right. of demon possession, which is always a good thing.
0: Yes, definitely. <laughs> I agree. So, uh, you know, this movie being so personal to you, taking so long to make, and, uh, and all the stuff you went through to make it. Uh, Is it hard to Like people to critique the movie Because I assume it's hard Um, For any movie but
2: Yeah well I sort of feel A little bit like you know I I don't need them to say it deserves an Oscar I feel a little bit Like It's I think I can hear critique On the movie if it's You know about the film Mm -hmm. I, I did have a couple of reviewers who are like really personal stuff about me like why you know I think someone said if you want to spend a, a, if you want to spend an hour and a half with this whack job like that's, that's up to you <laughs> I was like oh okay um yeah I think it's it's kind of interesting I mean it's it, it feels different it does it, it feels like painful in a whole other way because I feel so vulnerable and I'm like you know but I'm sort of someone that like you either Really love me or you're like, I don't know about that girl. So um, I mean I've had I've had so many people really say wonderful things and enjoy the film and mm-hmm. I'm like, you know I could only well, you know I could only shoot what I could shoot about it and, sure. um, and tell the truth and I kind of think the same way with my acting like when someone criticizes it or, or loves it, I'm like, well, either one is sort of the same to me in a way you like if someone says it's great because it makes you look good to you know your directors and staff but it's sort of like not me, not mine anymore like i put mm-hmm. it out
1: there because
2: mm-hmm. i i don't know if that makes sense but you're like well that's sadie that's sadie at that time period who was working for bill murray and that's and she was friends with these people and that's what happened during that time so i guess i sort of like watch it from an outside perspective and so i feel a little defensive not for me so much except like that girl Uh like she you know she's she's coming with a good heart (laughs) so there is something a little bit about that but you know movies are so subjective i mean everyone loves shape of water and Mm -hmm. i loved it but i didn't i didn't think it was the best movie of the year Mm-hmm. And like, I, I must be wrong on a certain level because everyone was like super obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. So you know, some some movies like speak to you in ways that um, you can't explain. And then, and I made that I made the doc for people who probably were like me. You know, mm-hmm. like I made they say you know write what you know or make what you what sure. you would love. And you know, Bill Murray super fans tend to be really cool. So mm-hmm. I figured this might speak to them or not.
0: Yeah, you know? I I really like it. There's lots of things I already mentioned that make me like laugh that that I get. I like even just the idea of planning a spontaneous experience. I just think that in <laughs> itself is it's great.
2: <laughs> I mean, it is it is weird though because now it's yeah. like I watch it and I'm like I've I've like. I, all the time, I'll say sometimes, like, gosh, people are so obsessed over actors, or what's this deal with? And I'll be talking, and then as I say it, I go, oh, yeah, I forgot. I used to be really obsessed <laughs> with Bill Murray. I, I spent four years of my life talking only about Bill Murray, and I'm still talking about Bill Murray. And if you get me started, it's like a, a flashback to a drug. I start getting really excited about Bill Murray again.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it'll be a part two then. I don't know oh god no
2: no i'll lose all my friends
0: Uh, (laughs) uh, did they come back after after you were finished filming
2: um no right i mean i think everyone just kind of went off i mean it's sort of like an la thing it's like my my career started to to change they had gone different directions you know, it's like that age of girls where, like, you don't always get to keep everyone. Um, Jen Lieberman, the one with the red hair that's curly, she came to one of the screenings, and like, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons, but it's LA sort of like that. You you start to, I mean, I have a, a ton of friends now, and you start to you grow apart in different ways, or you do a project, and like everybody's got their their hurt feelings or. You know, mm-hmm. how they how they wanted things to be. Um but and I, I think Jennifer Wanger is getting married to Casper Van Dien, which is like what oh. she always wanted, was to mm-hmm. be married and you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I wish her well and I'm I'm excited and Ashley I'm friends with on Instagram. She didn't end up, we didn't end up using her footage as much, even though she's gorgeous because we had her footage of her moving out and stuff. So, and she, mm. you know, is doing well.
0: Yeah. Will some of that stuff be on like uh, the specials? Will there be specials on the DVD? Yeah. We,
2: yeah. We have a um, we have a DVD, like all the DVD extras. They have a lot more of the girls, um, mm. of us kind of at the beach making New Year's
1: resolutions.
2: And um, it's pretty. And I, oh, you know, I have a great interview with Mark Jones, the creator of Leprechaun.
0: Yes. Really yeah.
2: fun. Right.
1: Yeah. We,
0: I heard if, a lot. You're like, well, you made Leprechaun, so you should, you know, you should, <laughs> yeah. should talk to you. So Go I ahead.
2: have, we actually see him on camera, which is really fun. And we were going to put it in the doc, but it came off so staged because it just, it looked staged, which it wasn't. It wasn't um It was like you know he knew I was coming over to talk about the documentary, and I was like I don't really want anything in the doc that staged like this, but it's it's certainly fun and um, and and great. And, you know he, he's a funny he's a funny quirky guy. So if you're a leprechaun fan or skin fan um he's my writing partner and i actually love when i call him and like he's <laughs> hilarious i mean we used to write together so you know he he's he's a hilarious um uh, funny guy mm. i i was gonna say asshole but that's gonna make it sound mean <laughs> but you know
1: <laughs> uh, be mean in a nice way You're right, right.
2: Yeah, he's been in Hollywood a long time. I just got I just argued with him about gun control this morning on the phone (laughs) and hung up on him. So Uh, yeah, he's a funny guy.
0: Yeah, I also got to mention (laughs) Party Bust the Hell was on video and demand April thirteenth. And uh, how did you how did you get involved in Party Bust the Hell?
2: Well, they I have to say this, which I hate, but they had to rename it Best Party to Hell because of the VOD scroll. But um, So it's Party Best to Hell, also known as Best Party to Hell. But um, I got involved with it through my manager, um, Robert Lombard, who knew the producers on the project. And they actually sent me to do the part that here replays, but I really fell in love with um, – the bus driver and was like completely obsessed and wanted to play her. And Rolf Konensky the director and everyone was like, uh, you're not really the bus driver. And I'm like, yeah, but I am. said, so "Like, I didn't want anyone else to play her. Cause I sort of felt like I could do something really interesting. And because it's like, that's a, a chunk of the movie where you're in the bus. I, I really felt like it would be a challenge to make this character kind of and fun and sexy and evil and weird all at the mm-hmm. same time because it comes at a time in the movie where like i kind of like stuff like i like it, the idea of a character um having that challenge to say like okay you're re-engaging the audience
0: mm-hmm.
2: attention how can i do that and i just i just loved her
0: mm-hmm. and uh the, how about the tattoos uh, i assume they're not your real tattoos <laughs> how long did you know they take the, put, put the tattoos on
2: well, what they did, we had some problems with the tattoos. This was like a new thing, and we they, they probably overcomplicated the process. But, oh, I wish I knew the tattoo parlor because I love the guys there. But I went to an actual tattoo parlor, and they hand-painted half of the tattoos on me, and the other half are kind of stick-ons because there was a problem with being worried about the continuity. So I will say my modesty was a little bit, um, the little bit of modesty I had, It was a little bit weird because I had like four big burly tattoo guys um, painting all over my body. (laughs) And uh, so that was kind of odd. I mean, I, I really hadn't planned to be so topless in the movie, but there wasn't really a way for my character, it didn't make any sense if all of a sudden I threw on my clothes again. It
1: just
2: <laughs> like right, right. at a certain point, you're like, if I'm doing this, I'm fucking doing it. Like, uh-huh. you know, like I, I might as well jump. And that's sort of how I am with everything. If I'm gonna do it, I'm like, fuck it, I'm done. I'm going all the way. So uh-huh. the guys who did the tattoos were like pretty funny because they're, you know, they're. I'm at a real tattoo parlor having someone draw all over me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, were you on yeah. set at all with Tara Reed?
2: You know what? I wasn't, um, cause like I didn't, well, I won't give away her, sure. her little death scene with me, but, um, no, she was filming in the desert. And then I saw her at, you know, I have bumped into her at a couple of of things and, uh, and she's a, um, she's a funny chick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. when you, are, when you are filming on the bus, is it a real bus? Like is that cramped?
2: Yeah, it was a real bus, and we were we were going to build like a, you know, build out a set with the bus, but because of it, because of not having that wall, and then we talked about replacing the walls, and then because of you know time and everything, they just decided fuck it, we'll film on the bus. So, yeah, it was hot. It was cramped. Um, And really, really interesting because we had to film. Normally don't have an ensemble with, like, five people. So everything took, every scene was, like, just umpteenth takes because you had to do each person's close-up. So, you know, a clean close-up. So it it was definitely a challenge. It's also a challenge, too, if your character doesn't have any blocking. You're just kind of like, I was... Sort of stuck in the spot mm-hmm. and yet my character was supposed to be you know unhinged and crawling with these creatures so in some ways that made it like more difficult in other ways it became like a fun challenge to like how can this character still be kind of interesting when she like literally has to stay in this like one by two foot square
0: mm-hmm. right right well, I actually had a lot of fun watching the movie, so people check that out. That'll be April thirteenth. And uh, I do also want to mention Blood Feast, which I know we talked a lot about last time, so you guys yeah. can go back and listen to that. But Blood Feast is out, so people can check that out. And is the version well, it's, out? It's is it like they're releasing Oh, they are.
2: Well, yeah. Okay. So they're doing. So they released it. Mm-hmm. These these distributors are so funny. But you know, because of the the AMA, they released it the cut version on Blu-ray and now they're supposed to release on April 13th. They're going to release the director's cut, Marcel Waltz Mm -hmm. and um, that's bloodier and, and more severe. And I think it's going to have a limited theatrical is what I heard. So um, (laughs) we shall see. I mean that, that poor, you know, the poor director there, Mm -hmm. we were ready to have this film come out a year ago but we had so many problems with, um, you know, the rating. So, we'll mm-hmm. we'll see.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> it's I it's exciting it. to have yeah. those out. Oh, yeah.
2: good! I'm so glad. I'm so mm-hmm. glad. Yeah, it's you know, definitely um, a tribute to um, the original, which is which is yeah, cool that you didn't totally abandon it. Yeah, yeah. of course.
1: Great. Right?
0: Yeah, and uh, uh, real quick, because the last time we talked to you, mentioned that you like bourbon. Have you ever been on the Bourbon mm-hmm. Trail to Kentucky? Because since I talked to you last, I myself went on the Bourbon Trail in Kentucky.
2: What? You're it's speaking amazing. my language right there. Are you on a Are you on a train?
0: Uh, no, you kind of have to. Well, I have a friend who lives in Kentucky, so I probably shouldn't say this, but I went to go to uh, to to a, a, a Scare Fest. So I got a press pass for Scare Fest, but I really just went on the Bourbon Trail, and so we went all around <laughs> Kentucky. He drove me around. And, uh, you, you take a, a, a tour of each of the distilleries and then you get free samples and it's a, it's a really, and then they have like bourbon that you can only get in, in their distillery and it's pretty, it's a pretty good time.
2: Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to look, I'm going to Google all up in that.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I just, I just, you know, I just signed up for this group. There's like all these whiskey chapters for women opening up. Mm -hmm. I just picture they all have voices like my, I mean, my voice is always like this, but,
1: um,
2: it's definitely (laughs) that whiskey voice. Uh So, um, yeah, uh, but I think whiskey is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger, don't you?
0: Yeah, definitely. They even talk about that. Uh, they said for a few years, like uh, vodka kind of almost didn't put them out of business, but it really hurt. Uh, bourbon, but bourbon and whiskey started to make a, a big comeback.
2: Yeah. What's the difference between bourbon and whiskey again?
0: Oh, they, re- they really explain it to you. And I probably should know all the differences, but there are like, there's like six distinct differences. Uh, it has to be a certain, um, over like 90 proof. I believe, uh, they tell you all the distinct things. There's uh whiskey can be anything, but bourbon's a specific type of whiskey.
2: Interesting. See, I always, I, I like mine a little watered down. Mm-hmm. So I take ice with a little water and because I'm a girl. And, um, I need to be able to uh, be coherent, but uh-huh. to me, nothing tastes better than that. I mean, I like, yeah, I like I wine, but
0: yeah, a I nice agree. bourbon,
2: you're sort of like, you sip it and you love mm-hmm. it.
0: I agree. And, uh, when I was there, that's my friend who, who, uh, took me around, he, uh, he got me a real moonshine, which I don't think that's legal, but anyway, that, uh, uh, uh that really, uh, you probably should stay away from the moonshine. After I oh, tried did, to that, do you I was...
2: remember that evening?
0: <laughs> Apparently, I was I was running, I was flying around the the hotel hall, thinking I was an airplane. That's what they told me.
2: Oh my god, I love you! <laughs> That's exactly why we need to drink bourbon together.
0: Exactly, exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, was that the worst night of my life, or the, or the best? best. Night? Right. I'm going the best, but you wake up and you go like, well, there's nothing better than like. Being irreverent, like a fucking kid, and blaming it on the alcohol. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. Well, I always love talking to you, and we'll definitely have you back on the show.
2: Same, same. Then, then I'll be like, what's what's after if you say third time, fourth time? Uh, fourth. There, yeah.
0: there, I don't know what.
2: There, but what word is? It? is
0: quadruple.
2: Triple. Quadruple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, quadruple. I'm I'm looking forward to it. All thank
0: right. you I, so much. Thank you so much. Okay. I'll talk to you soon.
2: Okay. Thanks, really. Yep.
0: Bye. Bye.